How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. When a particular area experiences years, centuries, even a millennia of trauma, does the area hold on to all of that negative energy? Do the poor souls that perished in that area stick around waiting for the right person to come along to tell their story to? Because that's exactly what happened to our guest today. A medium who made the unfortunate mistake of visiting an area where thousands of ancient entities became a little too excited to speak with her. Let's hear her stories today on Homespun Hates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Homespun Hates. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And today on the show, we have Annie Larson, who is a professional medium. She's from Northern Virginia, but she's going to actually tell us some stories out of bonnie old england things that she encountered there so some very very old spirits so we're very excited to have annie on the show and then if you are a patreon please look out later this week we are going to be releasing a very special patreon only episode where we got annie and some other mediums to provide us a list of ways you might know if you're a medium, some common traits. So if you ever thought you might be a medium, but you're not sure, this might help you say, yeah, yeah, I got that. I was born on that date. I like that kind of music or whatever they're going to say to us. (laughs) (laughs) In addition to their quite educational segment about seven top signs, you might be a budding natural medium. We should also do like a Jeff Foxworthy type joke segment too. Like, you know, you're a medium if. That sounds Eh. good. That sounds good. I think we'll include that too. Yeah. So patrons, Mm -hmm. patrons, you got something special coming up. If you are interested in joining our Patreon, we do have a Patreon. Hey, <laughs> patreon.com slash homespun hates is our Patreon. And we are very excited about everybody who has joined in the last few weeks. Thank you all so much for supporting us. Before we bring Annie on, Diana. Yes, Becky. I've had three interesting things that have happened to me in the last few days. That's pretty amazing. My fingernail fell off. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I crushed my hand with a treadmill. Oh, geez. And I encountered a zombie worm. Which one do you think I'm going to tell you about? (laughs) Hopefully the zombie worm. I don't like injuries. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I was I was hoping you would guess that I was gonna like give you a choice which one you wanted to hear. But I was like, I don't I choose zombie worm. 
Yeah, because yeah, I don't want to talk about my fingernail falling off. Those things just happen. So <laughs> I told you about my um, worm curse, right? Your worm curse or purse? No. <laughs> it's a curse worm purse. <laughs> I what? have a purse made from worm skins. It's really That's exotic. Cur- <laughs> that sounds cursed. That, that would just be sounds cursed, cursed by yeah. nature. Yeah. So mm. no, I have, I've had a worm curse for a while. Every time like a bunch of seemingly random things happen, but there's a very weird pattern to it. I just assume it's a curse. That's just how I work. Rational. Sometime. Around the time I was living in Chicago, I started having these worms follow me around all the time. You know, first of all, it was- <laughs> you look behind you and they're just inch, inch, inch yeah, along the sidewalk. Like- oh my goodness. Yeah. That is a so curse. I- what? <laughs> and they would like come up the drains when I would be showering and stuff. Like, you know, the, the big old night crawler things. And Ew. apparently this doesn't happen to everybody. And it got so bad that nope. like I would start to have to inspect my food really closely every time I would order in a restaurant because invariably like there was a worm on it ordering waffles and there was a freaking worm on it or like you know getting a salad from sandwich and salad place and there'd be like a little grub (laughs) sitting on top of it okay wait 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 so I could I could see why a worm would be on a salad that's a vegetable and you know Mm -hmm. vegetables you're competing with the entire like insect kingdom for dominance there but how do you get a worm in a waffle, Becky? If you order waffles with strawberries, I guess. Oh. But you would think that, like, if you're serving waffles to somebody in a restaurant, like, wouldn't the chef make sure there weren't worms on the strawberries before he threw them on the waffles? I don't know. How organic it, were they? I mean, it's a hotel. <laughs> it's a fancy hotel. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, like, when you get mm-hmm. conventional produce, everything's supposed to be dead, dead, dead. Isn't yeah. Isn't that the point? Yeah, see, the problem is these were still moving. Gosh. Um, I was at a Seder, and this was here in Atlanta, and, you know, they hand out the the parsley that you're supposed to dip in the salt water. <laughs> All so right, translate the for the Goyim friends. Okay, so <laughs> in the book of Exodus. Yeah, so this, a Seder is basically like you're reenacting the book of Exodus, and it really is painful because you have to, like, go through this whole ceremony for three hours, and you've got screaming kids going, I'm hungry, and it's like, eat your horseradish, feel the suffering. <laughs> You you dip parsley in salt water, and it represents the tears of the Hebrews leaving Egypt for a better land. And I was given a sprig of parsley, and like I usually do, inspect it really close, and there's a little grub. Like, <laughs> and of course, I told the hostess, I was like, can I get, I mean, I know this is about suffering, but <laughs> can I get a different piece of parsley? She was horrified. And I think the final worm thing was, um, oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't the final. It was uh, I ordered. I got some salmon from a grocery store, and I cut into it, and it was full of worms on the inside. Ew. So, so like this is just a thing that, and, and then it finally stopped, and I was like, oh, I'm free of the worms. They have stopped. They are not following me anymore. At least you're not seeing them anymore. I I watch very closely for worms. <laughs> <laughs> so my son comes home from camp. He's a little boy. It's gross. There's always crap in his lunchbox. Like once it was full of ants, once it was covered in cat pee. It's just, I don't think that was his fault, but I threw it away. (laughs) Got him a new lunchbox. So he comes home and the next morning I'm packing up his lunch and I open it up and inside of his lunchbox is this, like, at first I thought it was like a twig. 
I was like, oh, that's, he just got a stick in his lunchbox. Normal-ish. But then it started to kind of like, it was like, and it was like moving a little. And I was like, it is a worm that has been in his lunchbox all night. It has gotten so dehydrated that it looked like, like, it was like, looked like a little stick. And it was just on the last legs of life. And I was like, and I was like, Poor Annalita. Worms on I wasn't sure how to dispose of it. Put it in your garden. It might survive. If not, it becomes part of the circle of life, right? I should have. I should have done that. I just threw it in the trash can. I was like, fend for yourself. There's things to eat. Maybe you'll make it. You'll end up in a landfill with other worms. We'll call this a compost trash can just for today. All I could think about was just the fact that it was like barely moving and it shouldn't have been alive, but it was still a little alive. And I told my son, I was like, guess what was in your lunchbox? He's like, what, mommy? And I was like, a zombie worm. And he's like, mom, (laughs) worms can't become zombies. Oh, why is that? Yeah, they can. I mean, like, they eat brains. Worms eat brains. Why can't they be zombies? I guess they'd eat a brain. Wouldn't they? I mean, if you're in the ground, oh, what do you think like the worms brain? crawl in, the worms crawl out. Worms crawl out. Yes. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I see, I see. So, so okay. why couldn't you have a zombie worm? Maybe all worms yeah. are zombies. I mean, they can survive without a head. Oh, wait, zombies can't. <laughs> anyway, so I have looked and researched. I can't find any symbolism about worms that follow people. So I would love our audience to enlighten me if this is a thing, if, if worms are just everywhere and I happen to notice them, or what, what is it about me and worms? Because I don't like <laughs> I mean, them. You're looking I really for don't them. like them. I don't like them. No. Ugh. I mean, I have like stepped on roaches and had worms come out their butts like at me afterward, like little Ugh. parasitic tape, roach tapeworm things like be like oh i'm free thanks becky (laughs) thanks becky this roach ate me now i can come back i bless you with with worm following forever and ever all worms head towards her she's our savior (laughs) that's what it was you should never rescue worms unless you want them to be indebted to you for life and then that's your responsibility from now on. That's what it was. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah, I thought it no was problem. like metaphysical or something, but no. I, I thought we'd have to it. ask the mediums. Top five signs you might be haunted by worms. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out. We're smart. We did. We did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what it is. I rescued one too many. Mm-hmm. They'd come out the drain. And I'd be like, I'm putting you outside. Aw, see, you, you are a savior to worms. I do that too. I should probably watch myself. I only do it very rarely because I'm not really great at gardening. I usually end up killing things. So I try to avoid my garden. I just pour a bunch of seeds on the dirt and see what happens and get really excited when something grows that's not weeds. Yay! Well, see, maybe the worms are helping you too. Fingers crossed. I'm not helping them. Well, no, you will. One day they'll eat you. One day they'll eat me through my stomach and out my mouth. 
Are you tired of websites that have been Frankenstein together? Oh, my website is so slow and creaky. Every time I use the search bar, it just returns Abby Normal over and over again. Becky's sister company, The Concept Spot, holds the secret to life itself and can create new life from nothing. In fact, we've been giving life to highly functional websites for the last 25 years using premium parts we swear we didn't salvage from graveyards. Ooh, check out that head image. Instead of going my new website purrs. Need a blog? The Concept Spot can do that. Want an online store? We can do that to you. We build our sites from the cellular level. No reused templates or discarded body parts here, so we can make your site do whatever you want and look however you want. (gasps) It's gorgeous! I can't even see the stitches. We can also resurrect your dead website if rigor mortis has set in. Oh, it's like a new man. If you think homespun haints is frighteningly genius, you should see our websites. Let your favorite ghoulish gals, Becky and Diana, build you a monstrous website that will wreak havoc on the internet for years to come. Visit theconceptspot.com for more information. It's live! It's live! And the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, the worms play pinnacle on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose, they eat the jelly between your toes. A big green worm with rolling eyes crawls in your stomach and out your eyes. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus comes out like whipping cream. You spread it on a slice of bread and that's what you eat when you're dead. And the worms crawl in, and the worms crawl in. The worms that crawl in are lean and thin. (laughs) That keeps going. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, wow. No, I never do the whole thing. That's good to know. Well, that's not even the whole song. There's more. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure people would love to hear any scary stories instead of my worm curse. No, your worm curse was a very scary story. I'm afraid already. I'm going to check every waffle I ever eat from here on out. <laughs> Speaking of, looks like you're drinking worm juice. I am. I'm drinking uh, traditional Chinese medicine tea, which I don't think has any worms in it, but it's all in Chinese. Oh, I'm sure it does. You never know. <laughs> yeah. One of my other formulas has uh, molted cicada in it, so this tastes slightly better than uh, that. Everything has worms in it. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. A nature trail is more than a path. It's a place for laughter, self-reflection, and a breath of fresh air. All Trails Plus helps you plan your next hike so you can relax and enjoy the journey. Discover new trails near you with the distance away feature and get immersive trail previews and offline maps so you can take those exciting first steps with confidence. Get outside today with three free months of All Trails Plus. Just use code PODCAST23 at alltrails.com slash podcast. That's three months free at alltrails.com slash podcast with code PODCAST23. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. I'm Ashley. 
To anyone who doesn't know me that well, the fact that I'm laughing right now probably horrifies you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Emily. What are the chances? I don't know. Uh, Like, bum, bum, bum. 50-50? Oh. (laughs) And I'm Lindsay. I banished you to the shadow of death. I corrupt you to the netherworld from which no one has come. Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Stop on by for a slice, a story, and a laugh. Oh, before <laughs> before we bring on Annie, check us out on Instagram at Homespun Haints, on Facebook at Homespun Haints, Pinterest at Homespun Haints, and Twitter at Homespun Haints. And then, of course, our website is homespunhaints.com. Where you can link to our YouTube channel, which doesn't have a name yet. It will very soon. Guys, we're really <laughs> trying to get up to 100 subscribers. We're at 78 <laughs> on our YouTube channel. So please. Oh, so, so if you could help, listeners, you could subscribe you for just a minute. Yeah, please. We just need 22 people. <laughs> we just want a name. We want a handle. Give us a chance. We promise not to talk about worms every time. No, no. In fact, there was just an episode released about getting a potato stuck up your nose done in beautiful stop motion animation on our YouTube channel. Don't talk about that. (laughs) So please check out our YouTube channel. (laughs) What? What's wrong with the potato story? (laughs) What's wrong with that? I don't know. (laughs) So anyways, please check out our YouTube channel. You can just go to YouTube and do a search for Homespun Hates and please subscribe. We, we We need subscribers because... We'll be motivated to put even more cool videos on there once we get that handle. And then and then it's just going to be so much awesomeness. All uphill from there. Our pretty faces surrounded in our purple hair halos. Uh, All right. Well, after that long rant, <laughs> shall we bring on Annie? <laughs> Let's. Today on the show, we have a psychic medium, Annie Larson, who, as you can imagine, has many, many encounters and stories, but she approached us because she actually has one that scared her. So we are very excited to talk to her a little bit about this particular story that she's going to share with us today. But before we get started, Annie, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Yes. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate that. A little bit about me. I'm a psychic medium. I'm in Northern Virginia area. I've been doing this work on and off for many decades. And I was born with the ability to talk with spirit and also to connect with people to kind of see what's going on around them. So that would be the psychic part to kind of feel and sense and maybe tap into somebody's aura to see what's going on with them. And you do have a website which is mediumannielarson.com. And uh, I want to make sure everybody knows how to spell your last name correctly. It's L-A-R-S-O-N. I know there's multiple ways to, to spell that. And you have a blog on your site. You offer readings. You do Reiki. You have some classes. Tell us a little bit about all of that. So I do sessions right now, mostly over the phone because of the pandemic although that will probably shift and change as people get vaccinated and we start maybe coming out of this pandemic in 2022. 
I also do Reiki healing. I've been a Reiki master teacher since 1997. And so I offer that healing. I think that Reiki and doing readings are all about healing. So everything I do is really all about healing, including doing astrology charts. I'm a published astrologer who has a regular column in a magazine in Northern Virginia and also some international sites. And I also do uh, past life regressions. So trained through Brian Weiss, who's a premier past life regression therapist. All of these things that I do all relate to each other. For me, it's all about moving people forward and helping them with healing and dealing with what's going on in their lives. That all sounds like very valuable work that we can all benefit from. And you've been doing Reiki since 1997. That is amazing. That's that's before it got all hip and trendy. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, if you think about it, it came to the United States in um, 1980, came to Hawaii, and then kind of migrated over. So I started hearing about Reiki in probably 1995, then spent a couple of years becoming a Reiki master teacher. Back then, it took many years to become a Reiki master teacher, not like it is today. Right. I train people in Reiki, and I also train them in developing their intuition and their psychic abilities and, and mediumship. And I believe we all have these abilities, right? Some of us maybe are born into it. Mediumship is the one that I'm not quite sure if we're just born into it or if you can develop it. But certainly the intuition in the psychic, you can. So you are also a psychic medium, which means that you see spirit, you connect with spirit. And as such, you have actually had an encounter that shook you, that you would even say was scary, which we don't hear a lot from mediums, <laughs> because this is just part of your daily life. So I would love it if you can start from the beginning and tell us that story. Okay. This was about six years ago. I was heading on a long trip with a couple of friends and heading over to India for a month over there into India and Nepal. And we decided to stop over in England and kind of tour a little bit of England and go out to Stonehenge because what a great place to go to, right? We landed in London. We decided to take a walking tour of places in London that were supposedly haunted. When I was much younger as a child, I lived in England for a year. And I know as a child, I had some experiences where we lived, but I didn't have the wherewithal or the knowledge then to know just how haunted London is. So we went on this walking tour of what's known as the meat factory, Smithfield. And Smithfield is a place where a lot of things have happened over the centuries, including places of execution, where people were tortured and killed, and there's some mass burials there. So it's known to be a haunted place. I was aware of this, but quite honestly, in the United States, when I've gone to quote-unquote haunted houses, they're not really haunted most of the time. You might get some residual energy, 
it's kind of funny when I go to them because I'm kind of like, mm, I'm not feeling it. Maybe it's not quite haunted. I don't know. And I don't want to say anything because people are making their living probably from these hauntings. So I, I was skeptical going into London for this until we got to Charterhouse Square, which is in downtown London. As we started approaching Charterhouse Square, there's this big open area, kind of like a park, and it's grass and trees, and it's really beautiful. And as soon as I started walking up with the group, this tour, I was like, oh, heck no, I'm not going anywhere near there. There is so much spirit there, it's overwhelming. And when I have a lot of spirit, or if I have a spirit approach that may not be great for me, might be mischievous or kind mm -hmm. of a prankster or something. I don't know how to say it because I don't want to say like demonic because I don't really believe in that kind of stuff. But anyway, as I started approaching, I started feeling faint. My stomach gets really upset. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I start shaking like a leaf. It's almost like my energy gets drained. If you've ever been really, really hungry and you haven't eaten and you kind of start feeling lightheaded, maybe you get a little nauseous, you start shaking, you feel like you're going to pass out. That's what I felt. And that's what I feel when I encounter this with spirit. So as we're approaching the Charterhouse Square, I'm like, heck no, I'm not going near there. I'm just going to sit out. I'm going to sit over here. And, and it was lined with houses and stuff that had like little stoops that you could sit down on. So there was one house, a red brick house, and it had a little one-step stoop to sit on. And then as I sat down on this little stoop, there were stairs going down into like a basement apartment or something or the basement of the house. And I was fascinated by the boot scrape that they had. It was actually built into the concrete you don't see this, right? So this is probably from the 1800s, really old. And I'm fascinated by it because I've never seen this. And I'm like touching this boot scraper and kind of feeling the energy of it and just fascinated. And I'm looking over at Charterhouse Square and my friends are over there in the entire group. And I'm going, yeah, I'm not going near there. And all of a sudden from the basement... All these spirits just start coming, flowing out of this house. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. So I got up off the stoop and stuff. There was nowhere I was going to be able to go because spirit was everywhere. So I went to my friends and I'm like, I need to get out of here. I need to leave this area. So I'm going to fast forward just for this area because there's more to this story. But in this Charterhouse Square site, this is where all the plague victims of 1348 were buried. There's over 50,000 people buried in this square. Oh. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Well, no wonder you didn't want to go into it. And and the, the spirits that came out of the basement, were they also of these buried people? At the time, I didn't know any of this. All I knew is I was on this tour, and I didn't know any of this. All I knew is that 
here I am passing out. I feel like I'm going to be sick and I can't get away from spirit. And so I'm telling my friends, we need to go. We need to go. I got to get away from here. And they, they know what I'm like. They know I'm a medium, but they also think I'm being traumatic <laughs> because they don't get spirit. So they, nobody understands when this type of stuff happens. <laughs> so anyway, this place has actually been excavated. I did some research when I got back home, but this place was excavated in 2014. And not only were there victims of the 1348, but there are actually like three burial sites there from all the different times of the plague. There's more than 50,000. And they actually did some, some DNA tests and stuff like that. So it's an area that's, that's known there's various levels of burial and stuff that they've done. So there's way more. So it's, it's, yeah, it's haunted. I was on a haunted tour, right? Okay. Win, win. You got it. This place is haunted. It's bad. Right. And, and I need to leave. So as we're coming around the charter house, and again, this is all by Smithfield, which is the meat district or was the meat district in downtown London. We're heading towards one of the churches. And in fact, it's the oldest church in London. It's called St. Bartholomew. And as we're approaching the church, not only am I getting worse, but now I'm starting to feel like I've had 20 cups of coffee. I'm like a, a cat on a hot tin roof. I've got so much energy that I just want to jump out of my own skin. We walk into the area of the church, the courtyard, and now I'm like, I got to go. I got to leave. I don't know what to do with myself. I literally wanted to jump out of my skin. It was way too much energy for me. And so again, I'm going up to my friends and I'm like, don't you feel this? Does anyone feel anything? Like, I got to go. And again, they think I'm being dramatic, right? They're kind of saying, you know, what do you want us to do? We got to finish off this tour. We can't just go walking around London. We got to go back to, okay, okay, I'll stay with the tour, but I'm just going to be a lunatic for the rest of the tour because there's way too much spirit here. That courtyard where we were has seen many people tortured and killed, many. And in fact, one of the most famous ones was William Wallace. William Wallace was drawn and quartered there and killed there. They excavated the church courtyard when they redid it. They've redone it a couple of times, but in the 1800s, the late 1800s, when they excavated, again, they found thousands of people burned. They found burnt rocks. So this was a place where people were tortured and killed lot of energy there. So we leave the courtyard of St. Bartholomew, and something told me to take a picture. I, I don't know why I took a picture. But one thing I will say, the church is beautiful. It's beautiful. And we were there in the evening at night, and there are all these beautiful trees that are overhanging. And it was in the winter, so there were no leaves on them. And it was kind of this haunting kind of looking place. But it was beautiful at the same time. And the church is absolutely gorgeous. So I got my phone out and I took a picture. And right as I took a picture, I saw something go in front of my camera. 
And I was like, oh, what was that? Not thinking anything of it. So I took another picture immediately. So there's two pictures, one, two, and they're within seconds of each other. So we leave the church and we finish up the rest of the tour and we go home. And as we're leaving the area, I'm feeling better and better and better because we're walking away from all that energy of spirit of of these people who are lingering around from suffering and stuff. I get back to the hotel room in London and I'm looking at my pictures and one of them has something in front of the camera. And I almost deleted the picture because I thought, oh, there's a blur or something. And something told me, don't delete the picture. So I didn't. didn't. I kept the picture. Fast forward a month. We left London, went all through India and Nepal, and then came back home. When I'm going through the thousands of pictures I've taken on this trip, you know, starting with the London trip, I look at the pictures from St. Bartholomew's. And in the picture, I see a court gesture. What? Yeah. There's a court gesture in the picture. Oh. It's a court gesture. It's dark, but it definitely has the three-pronged hat, you know? And it was holding something. And I'm like, what the heck is that? So six weeks have gone by now, six, eight weeks. And I get on and search on the internet, court jester, St. Bartholomew. And lo and behold, there is a court jester named Rahir, R-A-H-E-R-E, who was in the court of one of the kings. I can't remember the king who he was part of the court of. But back then, to be a court jester, you were somebody. Like you were entertaining the king. That was a really good position to have. The king died. And Rahir was distraught, distraught and didn't know what to do. So he decided he would journey to Rome and do this pilgrimage to Rome to see what he's supposed to do. On his way to Rome, he gets deathly ill, deathly. St. Bartholomew appears to him and says, build a church, build a church and help the sick and the dying. So Ra here survives, and he goes back to London, and he builds St. Bartholomew, that church that still stands to this day. Then later on, King Henry VIII builds a, a hospital right next to it. So it's very well known in London. Ra here spends the rest of his life taking care of the sick and dying. He becomes a monk. He's buried in the church. He's the only person buried in that church. So he's known to haunt St. Bart's, but not as a court jester. And in fact, it's been studied. And again, he dies in 1144. He dies in September of 1144. And he's known to always manifest July 1st at 7 a.m., every year from the vestry as a monk, not as a jester, as a monk. 
Now, this was not July. In fact, it was December that this happened. So I had an encounter with Rahir, or the monk, and have it in a picture. I posted it, interestingly enough, I posted it on Facebook, on my own private page, which I don't tend to put this, I don't tend to put my woo-woo spooky stuff on my own page, because I don't know. I don't know if it resonates with people. But it's interestingly enough, I put it on there, and everyone gave their like opinion of it, because not only is it a picture of a court jester, but it looks like he's holding something, a stick or something. And this stick looks like a lightning rod to the top of the church. It looks like there's like burning or, or something. I post these pictures that I had, you know, this one with Ra here in the picture, and then the next one, four seconds later, and there's nothing there. And it's right by where he lay, where he's resting in peace. It's, it was fascinating to me because I really researched this when I got home because of this crazy picture of a court jester. And it, had it been a monk or something else, I don't know. I don't know if I would have researched. I don't know. The court jester was just so profound and led me right to the story. And right after I posted it, I got a call on my telephone. And the caller ID was from Heavenly Touch. So for me, it was kind of that validation of, hey, it's me. Yep, I was there. You got a picture of me. You're telling my story. Hundreds of years later, a millennial later, you're telling my story. I just thought that that was fascinating, getting that heavenly touch. I just started laughing. (laughs) Did you pick up the phone? No. <laughs> no. Who does? <laughs> no, I'm like probably a solicitor, you know, trying to sell me something. I don't know what Heavenly Touch is. I actually have the telephone number. I kept it. But uh, yeah, I guess I will call it and see. <laughs> but that's, that's the story that really scared me because of how I felt and all the suffering that went on. I think that's probably what I was feeling was just all that suffering in that area of Smithfield in London and Mm -hmm. in the Charter House and St. Bartholomew's. But you can go out and you can actually look this up and you can see where he's buried and see this whole area. It's, It's very well documented. And a lot of people have done ghost investigations there. That's where they say that right here, the monk, manifest July 1st at 7 a.m. And I guess people go there on that day to see if he's going to manifest. I don't know what the significance of that day is, but I find that just fascinating. It's amazing to me that this whole story came about later when you were on a tour of this location. The tour guide didn't mention anything about Ryder? It's possible that they were telling the story. I was so into how I was going to pass out or going to jump out of my skin. I wasn't listening to anything. I was so focused inward and in my head of trying to escape. I just wanted to leave and not be there anymore because of how ill I was feeling. So 
did I listen to anything that the tour guide said? No, not really. I'm, I'm just sitting there having all these suffering spirits. And I think that they approach you because they want help. And they want you to share their story. And when I have spirits that are that old, in my head, I'm telling them, your time has come and gone. There's nobody to tell. So how do you help somebody that old? Is there anything that can be done to bring them peace? I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure if they're not in peace. I didn't get the sense that Roger was not in peace. He was making me not in peace by his energy, <laughs> but I think he was just fine. What about the plague victims, though, and then all the people that had been tortured and dismembered and buried in this spot that was supposed to be holy and a place of healing? Did you get a sense from them that they, I mean, I'm assuming they wanted you to know they were there. Is, is there anything that can be done? Normally, I think spirit approaches because they want their story to be told or they want a message to be given to their relatives. So when I go into antique stores, and <laughs> you get a lot of stuff in older places or battlefields, things like that, there's not much I can do when I tell them that. I don't know your relatives. I don't know where they are. I can't really help you. Just realize that your time has come and gone, and you need to move on to that place, the next place you need to go. I don't move people on. It's not part of what I'm here to do and stuff. I just tell people, I, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do. Just move on. Move on. Go see your own relatives. Go tell your own relatives your story. Why is it you feel that they're still stuck? Is it because they suffered so much trauma? in their life. Now, here's the thing. I'm not sure they're stuck. Ah, okay. I'm not sure if I'm just not feeling residual energy of what was there. There's just not much I can do. Maybe come on shows like this and tell the story. And maybe people going when they go to Smithfield and they go to the Charterhouse Square can say a little, you know, prayer if they believe in that. Or, you know, to me, send good juju do something, just try to make that area better. And one of the ways that you can do that too is through Reiki. You can help send that energy and stuff through Reiki. So when you were sitting on the stoop admiring the boot scraper and you said all of this energy came up from the basement, was that something you were able to actually see with your eyes or hear, or was it more of just you're, you're knowing, you're sensing. Can you describe for people what that was like? I'm thinking of if I saw them with my actual eyesight or if I saw them with my mind's eye, because I can do both. And I think when they were coming up, I first got this sense of them. So that kind of, you guys may feel like a tingling. You may physically have like the hair stand up on the back of your neck. So my body was physically reacting before I saw, I actually saw them coming up. It probably was in my mind's eye in looking back at it. I'm not sure I was physically seeing them. When you see things in your mind's eye, it's almost like when you daydream. 
So when people sit back and they're daydreaming, they're physically like running maybe a movie in their mind. So they can understand what it's like to have to see something in your mind's eye. The spirits flowing up from the basement floor. Just thinking about the physicality of the location, having a plague pit underneath it. Do you think those spirits were in the plague pit and when they sensed you, they came up from the plague pit into the daylight? I have a feeling it's not just me that they come up for. I, uh-huh. I think I think they try to communicate with anybody. And I wouldn't be surprised, and I haven't I haven't researched this, but I wouldn't be surprised if people feel odd when they're there. Maybe they don't realize that that spirits may be trying to communicate. But I definitely think as a medium, we're an open portal for spirit. So it's like my crown is this big open and they're like, she can see us and hear us. Let's talk to her. (laughs) And it doesn't matter if there's like 50,000 of them and they don't realize, or maybe they do realize how much energy. I mean, think about if you saw a crowd of 50,000 people and they said, we want to talk to you and they all came rushing over. It's the same thing. Like that would be a lot of energy, even from human beings to want to talk to you. Oh, so that explains the overwhelming feeling. Whereas you're used to sensing spirit and being communicated with spirit. It it was just the sheer number of people approaching you at the same time. It tends to be the numbers. It can be the level of suffering. And it also can be the sheer power of spirit too. Sometimes you'll have spirit who, I don't know what we do on the other side, but I know some spirits are stronger than others probably the same thing on earth. You meet somebody and they have a really strong personality and you're kind of bowled over by them. Same thing in the spirit world. So sometimes when I encounter somebody like that, they can be a little overwhelming. That makes complete sense. Well, Annie, thank you so much. Those were great stories and very informative, which we love it when we learn too. It's not just about the stories, but it's also about the education. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your time with us. That was wonderful. For those of you listening out there, please check out Annie's site, mediumannielarson.com. Medium and Annie is A-N-N-I-E, Larson, L-A-R-S-O-N.com. We will have links to that on our website, on our show notes, which you can find at homespunhaints.com. Please also be sure you follow us on Instagram at homespunhaints, Facebook at homespunhaints, Twitter and Pinterest at homespunhaints. And we do have a new fledgling YouTube channel, which we don't have a custom link for it yet. But if you go to YouTube and search for homespunhaints, you will find us. And of course, if you like what we're doing on the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash homespunhaints. Annie, truly a joy to have you on today. That was wonderful. Ah, Just good vibes all around. I feel really good after talking to you. Thank you all so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening to our show. And I hope you all have a very spooky day. Homespun Hates is hosted by Becky Nick and Diana Doty and produced by The Concept Spot. Editing and music by Becky Nick. Show notes by Diana Doty. If you have a ghost story and you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, please visit our website at homespunhaints.com slash submit. 
A nature trail is more than a path. It's a place for laughter, self-reflection, and a breath of fresh air. All Trails Plus helps you plan your next hike so you can relax and enjoy the journey. Discover new trails near you with the distance away feature and get immersive trail previews and offline maps so you can take those exciting first steps with confidence. Get outside today with three free months of All Trails Plus. Just use code PODCAST23 at alltrails.com slash podcast. That's three months free at alltrails.com slash podcast with code PODCAST23. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook.